0: We've been studying Matthew uh, in, in the past few months, and we had went through the Sermon on the Mount, and I found a version that you'll probably never heard before, but I want you to listen carefully. Then Jesus took his disciples up uh, the mountain and gathering them around him, he taught them saying, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are they that mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are they which hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the children of God. Blessed are they which suffer, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Then Simon Peter said, do we have to write that down? And Andrew said, are we going to have a test on this? Philip mumbled, I don't have any paper. Bartholomew asked, do we have to turn this in? John whined, the other disciples didn't have to learn this. And Matthew asked, can I go to the restroom? Judas complained, what does this have to do with anything? And James said, I don't get it. Then one of the Pharisees who was present asked to see Jesus' lesson plan and inquired of him, where are your theological imperatives and long-term objectives in the cognitive domain? And Jesus wept. Does that sound familiar? Thankfully, the disciples who heard Jesus listened, they put it into practice. They didn't just listen, they put it into practice, do you listen well to God? Are you really paying attention to what he is saying? And when you read his word, does it go in one ear and out the other, or do you really apply it? And do we allow the instruction to change the way we live? See, James reminded his readers of who God is and what he has done. And what he has done for us. Why? Because he knows that he's got some difficult teaching. And he wants us to see who God is. A song that went through my mind this morning, and you know it can go easily in and out, uh, because as I was trying to tell Mike, Yeah, there was a song that came to mind, and I couldn't come up with it. You're a good, good father. Yes, you are. And we need to be reminded of that, because sometimes we're going to face hardships. Sometimes we're going to face difficult teaching, and we need to be reminded who our Lord is. And James, in James chapter 1, if you have your Bibles, uh, we're going to take a look at verses 16 through 18. He lets them know what God has done for them. He said, don't, so don't be misled, my dear brothers and sisters. Whatever is good and perfect is a gift coming down to us from God. Our Father who created all the lights in the heavens. He never changes or casts a shifting shadow. He chose to give us birth by giving us his true word. And we, out of all creation, became his prized possession. So why did James take this time to emphasize who God is and what he's done? As I've already said, he knew that some difficult teaching was ahead. And he wanted them to know that they would be able to accomplish this because of the God they served. And if they would take seriously the words given to them, their lives would greatly be affected and God would be glorified in wonderful ways. Have you ever thought of yourself as a prized possession? You know, a lot of times we might even almost look at ourselves as not worthy, not good enough. And yet the Lord says, You are my prized possession. I have done this for you. And so we, we see who God is. And now James says, now I have some more to tell you, and you might whine like some other people. <laughs> Here's the word. James 1.19 said, understand this, my dear brothers and sisters. You must be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to get angry. So it's being quick to listen and slow to speak. Is that you? Or are you very quick? When somebody says something, you have an answer. And you're very quick to let people know your thoughts. And I wonder even when it comes to our relationship with God, he's trying to tell us something. And we are too busy talking that we don't take time to be quick to listen. And there are problems when we don't listen. When they gave out brains, I thought they said trains, and I missed mine. When they passed out looks, I thought they said books, and I said I didn't want any. When they passed out noses, I thought they said roses, and I ordered a big red one. When they gave out chins, I thought they said gins, and I ordered a double. Boy, am I a mess. When we don't listen, when we don't really allow the Lord to speak to us and actually really listen, we're like that guy that is just totally messed up. We would be so better off if we would just be still and know that he is God. Take time to be still. In our world today, that's not easy because we're in a fast-moving pace. And if you're like me, and I'm not saying you are, Uh, but even when I'm driving somewhere, I don't like quiet. I have to have the radio on. I want that noise. And yet it's be still and allow the Lord to speak to you. Sometimes we don't even allow him to have that opportunity. Oh, how important it is to listen carefully. Why is it so hard for us? I think, one, we're in such a hurry, we don't take time to really listen. And because of this, the consequences can be very, very devastating. Are you, this week, as school's getting ready to start, taking time to be still and knowing that he is God's students? Because you're going to face things this year that you may not have had to face last year. And it's allowing God to just teach you mold you the way he wants you to? And as we go into the workplace, do we still ourselves before we go in and really listen to what God is saying? It's taking time to be still and know he is God. We listen not as a technique to influence anyone else, but as a way to let God's word rid ourselves of all the swordness and rank growth of wickedness, James one twenty one, James is not talking about physically hearing the words, but listening for what God has to say to us. The reality is that we can physically hear his word with our ears, but not really hear in our hearts. We have to concentrate on the attitude of our heart in hearing the facts. From Clive Anning. Are we really listening? You know, there's many a times that Luke or William will say something and their voices are kind of quiet, at least when they're talking to me. Now, when they're running around, it's a different story. But there's times that they'll they'll say something and my wife will say, did you hear them? They asked you a question. What? (laughs) Obviously, I wasn't listening. I was there, but nobody was home. (laughs) And how often are we that way where we're not really listening and God's saying, hello, I'm trying to get your attention. Would you just listen? Be slow to to speak and listen to what I'm saying. James 1.20 says, Human anger does not produce the righteousness God desires. Human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. It's being slow to become angry, for if we allow human anger to overtake us, we will be not producing the righteousness that God desires. Anger does not solve anything. It builds nothing. It can destroy everything by Lawrence Douglas Wilder. I don't know about you, but do you look like that sometimes? where it's almost like the fire is coming off your head. And I hope that's not been why my hair is so short. But, but I wonder, this is exactly what happens. Anger doesn't solve anything. We may think it makes us feel better, but in the long run, it destroys everything. How do you talk to your friends, your neighbors, your loved ones? Are you quick To be forgiving, or are you more like this guy? You don't have to answer that. But think about it. Are we allowing anger to destroy what God's saying, hey, that's not the characteristic I'm looking for you. I want you to be slow to speak, slow to become angry. As I said, we may think we feel better, but in the long run, it only will bring disaster, hurt relationships, even though maybe for that one brief second, we feel better. In Proverbs in chapter 17 and verse 14, part A says, "Short-tempered people do foolish things. Short-tempered people do foolish things." When I was in Michigan, I met a, a pastor friend of mine named John. And he was talking to the students, and he said, he goes, you have to understand, have you ever left late because, well, something happened, and you're in a hurry now, and it seems on those days you come up to the most slow drivers? And he said, this is what happened to him. He had this driver that was right in front of him, and he still was not to the point where it was two lanes. Two lanes. And he said anger. He kind of felt like that guy on there. He was. He said, he goes, I'm a pastor. I'm not going to do anything really rash. But he said, I was going to look at that person and just stare into their soul of how dare you go seven miles below the speed limit. And he felt the Lord said, don't do it. But But it's going to feel good. Don't do it. Finally, he said he's going around the car and He said, he goes, I just felt, I just couldn't. And he said, I looked, I smiled at the person, they looked over and they just started waving at him. It was one of his people from his congregation. (laughs) And he said, oh my word, look what the anger would have cost him that day. It would have destroyed a relationship. Quick temperedness will get us somewhere, just not the direction we want to go. Proverbs 29 and verse 22 says, an angry person starts fights, a hot-tempered person commits all kinds of sin. Can you see that when we have this type of anger, it does us no good? It takes us in the opposite direction? See, James knew this teaching was not going to be easy. And that's why he said, look how great God is. You are a prized possession whom he loves greatly. But now I want you to be quick to keep your mouth shut. Even when somebody annoys you, and I'm sure nobody annoys you during the week, right? Man, you're, you're awfully quiet. I have a feeling that more people than not might get just a little annoyed at even just being uh, Kind of somebody pulling out in front. What will we allow that anger to do? Psalm 37, 8 says, Stop being angry. Turn from your rage. Do not lose your temper, for it only leads to harm. And Paul said in Colossians chapter 3 and verse 21 Fathers, do not aggravate your children, or they will become discouraged. And you know, it's very hard. As a dad, at times, we kind of blow up, kind of like that character. And we have to say we're sorry that we messed up, that we said things that we shouldn't have. That's why we are to be slow to speak and slow to become angry, because of all the devastation that it can cause. So if we're going to have the characteristics that God is longing for, It's making sure that we keep our anger in check. See, anger can lead to sin and evil. For example, in anger, we may speak and act too quickly with little regard for the consequences. It takes a long time to build up a relationship with another person or to establish a good reputation. But a single angry word can tear it down in just a few seconds. What you say when you are angry cannot easily be turned around. Just saying I'm sorry doesn't reestablish a friendship or rebuild a reputation. Sometimes by listening and hearing the other person's point of view, we can see other ways to diffuse a bad situation. Oh, be careful little mouth what you say. My mom often would say, if you have nothing nice to say, don't say anything. And then there was a lot of quiet. (laughs) We would be better off if we would be still and know he is God. In the midst of what we're facing, God, give me the strength to put this character into place. James continued, and he said, get rid of anything that would hinder your relationship with Jesus, anything. See, James chapter one and verses 21 through 25, he said, so get rid of all the filth and evil in your lives and humbly accept the word God has planted in your hearts. For he has the power to save your souls, but don't just listen to God's word, you must do what it says. Otherwise, you are only fooling yourselves. For if you listen to the word and don't obey, it's like glancing at your face in the mirror. You see yourself walk away, you see yourself, you walk away and forget what you look like. But if you look carefully into the perfect law that sets you free, And if you do what it says, and don't forget what you heard, then God will bless you for doing it. We have to be intentional to get rid of the filth in our lives. We have to be intentional. Because if we don't, it will continue to linger. It will continue to cause problems. And we must also humbly accept God's word planted in our hearts. I thought of something this morning that really came alive to me about allowing God's word to be planted in. Think of somebody that is on a transplant list, and they then find out that they're going to receive, whether it's a kidney, whether it's a heart transplant. Uh, whatever it may be, and it is now being put in, their body has a choice whether it's going to accept it or reject it. And in some cases, that organ, there's a 40% chance that it won't work because the body rejects it. Don't reject God's word that is planted in you. Allow it to go deep, and to work in mighty ways. It's not about us, it's about him. It's humbly accepting the word of God planted in us. And the Lord wants to do amazing things through you and through First Missionary to change this community, our state, and our world. I wonder if we realize the power of God's word. Do we really get it? See, James is referring back to Jeremiah in chapter 31 and verses 33 and 34. But this is the new covenant I will make with the people of Israel. After those days, says the Lord, I will put my instructions deep within them And I will write them on their hearts. I will be their God and they will be my people. And they will not need to teach their neighbors, nor will they need to teach their relatives, saying, you should know the Lord. For everyone from the least to the greatest will know me already, says the Lord. And I will forgive their wickedness and I will never again remember their sins. What a powerful passage. And James is reminding them, and he's reminding us today. It's not an easy road that we're going down, but it's the best road. And there's going to be rough spots, but you're not on this journey alone. The Lord is going to be with you. And you know, you may have to pray a simple prayer like this, Lord, shut my mouth, because I know what's about ready to come out is not good. It is not what you want. And on our own, we may just, we open mouth and insert foot or garbage comes out. Who knows what may come out? And we need God's help. And James knew this was going to be difficult. It was going to be tough. But realize whom you serve. It's difficult but not impossible. But listening is not enough. We must do what it says. For obedience is the key. As James said in verse 23 for if you listen to the word and don't obey it, it's like glancing at your face in a mirror. You see yourself walk away and forget what you look like. Let's not do that spiritually that we would truly put the word in and put it into practice, that obedience follows the listening. Obedience follows the listening. Are there issues in your life that you know you have to let go of, but you're still holding on to them, thinking it's okay. Other people are doing it. It's not that big of an issue. We must put God's word into practice, getting rid of anything that would hinder us from being the men and women that God is longing for us to be. Is there someone that you're struggling with today that you need to go and talk with and let them know, "You, you know, I haven't been quick to listen. I haven't been slow to speak with you. Will you forgive me? Because I want to be a man or a woman of integrity with you. Just imagine what God will do with that humble heart. It's willingly saying, I messed up. I don't want to be that anger character. If you see somebody with a fire extinguisher, you might say, uh oh, because they want to put you out. How are we acting? How are we behaving? we must put God's word into practice. Otherwise, we will find it meaningless. As we conclude this morning, James had these words to say as we look at the character that God is looking for. In James 1, 26 through 28, if you claim to be religious but don't control your tongue, you are fooling yourself and your religion is worthless. Pure and genuine Religion in the sight of God, the Father, means caring for orphans and widows in their distress and refusing to let the world corrupt you. So you can claim to be religious, and many people do. But you know, I can claim to be a car, go into a garage, make car noises, and I can guarantee you I look silly, but I'm not a car. And many people have put on this same type of mentality when it comes to Christianity. They put on their their Christian coat, and look, I'm a Christian, and do all the Christian things, but they haven't really allowed true religion to fill them. They haven't truly allowed Christ to truly be number one in their lives. So what is God looking for from his children? A controlled tongue. See, James is blunt here. He says that if we do not tame the tongue, our religion is what? It's worthless. So, oh, be careful, little mouth, what we say. How's your religion looking today? And I don't even like using that word when I hear just religion. I'll I'll put relationship there. How's your relationship with Christ looking Is it true or is it worthless? We have to really examine that. And don't allow the world to corrupt you. It's keeping true to the Word of God, allowing the Word to saturate us and to fill us. Peter gave this great advice Uh, to us as well as we strive to live the godly life. In 1 Peter in chapter 1, verses 13 through 16. So prepare your minds for action and exercise self-control. We'll stop right there. Prepare your minds for action. That means there is a responsibility to do. We have to get our minds prepared. Just as students are getting ready to go back to school, whether they want to or not, It's coming. Prepare yourself. Get ready. And you said teachers, they may have the same thought. They have to prepare themselves. Get ready. And then we have to exercise. For some of us, that's a dirty word. But not just preparing, but exercising it. Exercising self control. Where does your hope lie? Put all of your hope and the glorious salvation that will come to you when Jesus Christ is revealed to the world. So you must live as God's obedient children. Don't slip back into your old ways of living to satisfy your own desires. Remember, it's not about us. It's about him. You didn't know any better then, but you now must be holy in everything you do just as God who chose you is holy. For the scriptures say you must be holy because I am holy. As we're gonna be closing this morning, maybe today you're saying, I'm not doing so well when it comes to being slow to listen or slow to speak. And definitely when it comes to being angry, you fly off the handle. And you don't want to just be going through the motions of Christianity. You want to be real, and you want the Lord to to do amazing things through you. But it's now saying, Lord, I know this is difficult, but I'm reminded that you said that I am your prized possession. And I don't understand that right now of, how you would even think that but you said I was and I believe that and so maybe today you're struggling with anger hurt and you just need to come to the altar and say Lord I need you so desperately as we close with the final song you don't be afraid to come and allow the Lord to truly transform you Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, you are so amazing. There is none like you. And you have called us your true prized possession. And Lord, we thank you for that grace, that mercy. And Lord, maybe we've struggled with our anger this week, and we come to you and we ask for your, your guidance, your help that you truly would transform us to be the men and women you want us to be and that godly characteristics would flow out of that. Lord, we want to be all in on our faith, not just partly, but all in. And we thank you for it. In Jesus' name we pray.